we have a lo- quite a few scriptures that I'm going to be reading today as we go back to the Sermon on the Mount. I, I think this is, this is one of the most difficult words that God, that the Lord gives in his message. When we look at verses 21 through 23 of chapter 7 of Matthew, it causes us to stop, to wonder, to pause, and to see if we, in fact, are living right before the Lord. It is very sobering, the words that are given in this passage. And as we delve into the Word of God, I pray that you search your heart to see where the Lord is. Would you stand with me, please? I did not get a chance to give in each of the, the, the verses ahead of time, but that is all right. Lord, for the senseless taking of lives, we live in a fallen world where chaos runs rampant, where people don't care about the lives of individuals. Around this world, people kill ISIS, gangs, criminals, sinners, And Lord, if it wasn't for the grace of our God, where would we be? Thank you for your forgiveness because you clean us all up. We were all headed and bound for hell. But you intervened. You stepped in. Now we pray today that people that are in this world will recognize that the only opportunity and chance they have is now while they live, while they live. For when they've taken their last breath, that will be too late. Search us, Lord, and we pray that you will show us where we need to clean it up. We pray that you will help us to know and understand and to remember that there is no sin that you did not come to die for. We give you all the glory for this day. Bless your word. Bless the servant. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 21. I'll be reading several passages. Keep my wife in prayer. She should be here. She has a real sensitivity since the accident with sound. And very hyper, very high sensitive with the accident caused the contusion. One of the effects is that it made her very sensitive to amplified sound. And so as a result, high sounds is just way too much, so she has to come in at a different time. And was trying to figure out what happened, what's going on, and come to discover that when she was after the cancer, in the accident in 2012, when a person hit her and spun her around in an intersection and knocked her into another vehicle, only by the grace of God that she was not killed. If you would have seen the vehicle, you would have thought, I don't see how she walked away from that. But God, in his marvelous grace, protected. So dealing with some sensitivities as a result. The Sermon on the Mount, if you're writing the passage down, or the title down, it is Under False Pretense. It is good to see you back. Samantha, how was the trip? All right, well, I know that you travel a lot. It is good to see you and good to have 
the last time she was here, accepted the Lord. We talked in the back and had come to the Lord. So we're grateful for, for that. I won't be before you long. We should be out by halftime of the Super Bowl. Y'all think I'm kidding. <laughs> you will be here by yourself. <laughs> Sister Gloria, happy birthday. <laughs> Twenty-five and holding. <laughs> the men went to go see Leon Howard on Thursday. Uh, we've been going to visit at certain ones at times on Thursday. So we went to go see Leon. Leon is Lene's dad, and so hadn't seen him. He was so excited. I called him. We had been, we had talked, hadn't talked in a long in a while, but called him that day. He said, Leon, we we've been talking about you. Want to come and see you? Is it possible to come and see you? Come on by. Yes, come. Come on by. So he said he'll be back soon. He had been taking care of some business, and his knees are very, very bad. And But he said he is going to soon return. But he was just glad to see us. So thank you, men, for being a, going with us to see him. We might just pop up at your house, too. You may not know. You might get a call at 530. Say, can we come over? <laughs> Several passages I'm going to be reading. I'm going to, I'm going to, let me do this. I want to read them out of the NIV. So I'm going to call certain ones to get these passages for me. Sister Michelle, would you please get Acts 19, verses 13 and 14. Brother Jerry, you have a Bible in, your, in yours? Would you please get Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Brother Small, would you please get Matthew chapter 25, 41. Uh, Sister Lene, do you have your Bible? Would you please get 2 Timothy 2, 19. Sister Florence, would you please get 2 Timothy 4, 8. Rondell, you have your Bible? Okay, will you please get Luke chapter 6, verse 46? Brother George, would you please get James chapter 1, verse 22? All right. Okay, Nita? Okay, okay, would you get 2 Thessalonians? Thank you, Nita. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. All right, now what I'm going to do, though, the order that I gave it to you, I'm not going to have you read in that order. I'm going to read the verses. So remember what verses you have. I'm going to call out the verses that I want to be read. All right? Pardon me? Uh, Matthew 25, 41. 2 Timothy 4, 8. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And this is what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to read that again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Matthew twenty-five forty-one, And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Because I am recording, I want the verses to be read in the mic. So this is what I'm going to ask people to do. I'm going to ask you to come up. Please turn on number five, Anisha, for me. Unmute number five. I want you to come to the mic. And read the verses. So if you actually have everyone that I've asked to read, would you please come now and just stand on this side? Ronnie, would you come first? Testing. 
So one moment. So before you read, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Anyone that's reading, please stand over here. This is the order that you will, you will go in. Let me just give this to you. I will have Matthew 25, 41. Romans 10, 9 through 13 will be next. Second, did I give anyone 2 Corinthians 5, 10? I don't think so. Romans Sister Barbara, would you be willing to read 2 Corinthians 5, 10? You will go after, after um, Brother Jerry. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. Then it will be Acts 19, 13, and 14. Next will be 2 Timothy 2, 19. Then 2 Timothy 4, 8. After that will be Luke 6, 46. James 1, 22. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, and 10. Brother Small, would you please read Matthew 25, 41. Listen carefully, please. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. All right, thank you. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived... No, by that's not it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confess is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That 13? That's uh, 14. No, just 13. Thank okay. you. We'll go back and read 13 one more time. I want to read 13 again. Okay. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you. Second Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Acts 19, 13 and 14. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus saying, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. Second Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Second Timothy 4.8 Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Thank you. Luke six forty six. And why call me and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? James one twenty two. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Thank you for quoting that, Brother George. (laughs) 
I think that you must have learned that from a memorization or something. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceive those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love for the truth and so be saved. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for reading and participating. You now know all of you, all of you have your giftings. Thank you. So, Under False Pretense is the title of this. Under False Pretense. The word in Greek, kurios, means Lord. It is used in Matthew 80 times. It occurs often in the New Testament. A total of 718 times. Kurios, the Greek word for Lord. It's frequently used in Luke 103 times. In Acts 107 times. And the Pauline writings, the letters of Paul, of his writings 275 times. In the Old Testament, as I mentioned to you before, the name Lord Anytime the name Lord was used, in all caps, it always meant Jehovah, Yahweh. They would not say the name God in the Old Testament because they felt the name was too holy. So the name Adonai, Lord, it was, it was given so that they would be able to say the name. But they would come across that name and they did not want to say it because of reverence for God. Holy is God. You, you know that some angels in heaven, their job solely is to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. All day long, day and night, even though there's no day and night there, but day and night, <laughs> holy, holy, holy. When the New Testament was written, written and, and the Hebrew, the Hebrew and was translated into Greek, the word kurios, the word for Lord in the Greek, is, is, is was written. And so we have the word, the name Lord. The name Lord. Now, now the name Lord at, at one time could just mean basically a term of respect. A person who may be a master. Lord, out of respect. But but when it was applied to Jesus, the times in the Bible, we it, it meant one who was, who was God. It, it talked about his title. When we think about who Christ is, who Jesus is, who the king is, he's one who has all authority, all power. There's nothing that he cannot do. The first point, if you're writing down, we're going to look at is good and proper words are not enough. Good and proper words are not enough. Taking that primarily from Matthew 7:21, People want credit for getting closer to God, but many people don't want to be found in Christ. They want to say that, you know, I'm doing better. I'm getting closer every day. I'm getting closer to the Lord. Well, if you get close to the door and don't get in, the, the bear and the lion can still get you. Get close as all you want. If something was after you, you'd be saying, open this door. You would be saying, let me get as close as I can. You say, open this door. So people want credit for getting closer rather than being in Christ. 
My dad always used to say, don't be found getting ready, but be ready. One of his favorite words. The matter that Jesus is addressing in chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, is what we call eschatology. Eschatology, E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Eschatology is a study of end times. It is a study of the judgment. It is, a, it is a study of those things pertaining to the end. When we think about judgment, we all are going to be there. It is not something that you can get out of. While Jesus has been teaching his disciples and has given different messages on the kingdom of God, the words uttered in Matthew 7, 21 through 23 are some of the most ominous words that he uttered, not only in the Sermon on the Mount, but in all of Scripture. Everyone who says, Lord, is not saved, and unfortunately many people who believe that they are saved don't have the lifestyles to prove that they are saved. A lot of people claiming to be saved, their lifestyle is an indictment against them. The word that Jesus says reflects the idea that those who stand before him at the judgment are indicating that they are friends with him. When they say, Lord, Lord, <laughs> he says they're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven just because they say, Lord. Now, it is interesting to note they do say a very good thing because saying, Lord, Lord, is an awesome thing. You see, it, it is wonderful and great to call on the name of the Lord, but calling on the name of the Lord is not enough. Saying, thank you, Jesus, is not enough. Saying, praise the Lord, is not enough. One of the things that you've got to understand is that the demons know who Jesus is and shudder, but they don't worship him, and they're not going to be saved. Jesus warned those on the mountain, mountain that uttering the words, Lord, is not enough. Now note carefully the personal pronoun that Jesus uses. He is saying that, he is going to be the judge. If you look at this ver these verses carefully, it is Jesus who is saying that he is going to be the judge at the judgment. Now those that are sitting at, on this mountain listening and the disciples that are there, it is interesting that he says, in fact, why don't we just look at it and read it. Not everyone who says to me, look at that, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the qualifications is, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. I can believe that some of the false teachers that he mentioned back in verse 15 of chapter 7 are going to probably be some of those who will come to him at the judgment and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons, didn't we do all these things in your name? Don't we have a relationship? I don't know you. Now, when parents get old, sometimes they develop what's called Alzheimer's. Got to be very careful when they leave the house because they sometimes forget how to get back. And so when people leave, 
They oftentimes need to have somebody with them. Sometimes they'll just wander off and take off, not remembering how to get back. They sometimes will even forget their names. And so it's very, very important that people watch and monitor them because they can get lost very, very, very easily. Jesus never forgets anything. He hasn't forgotten your name. He's not going to make a mistake on the judgment saying, wait a minute, let's see. I've got you confused with somebody else. Or you come on in. No. He's going to look at your works. He's going to see, have you accepted me? I, I think one of the things when we look at this idea, that there are people who think because they say Jesus, even candidates who are running for office, if they can tell enough lies by calling on the name of Jesus, they think you'll vote for him. So they want to run to churches. They want to run to all these places. There's only a few of them who may actually really go to church and who, who, who are Christian, but everybody wants to try to curry the vote of the evangelical. But it's under false pretense. Under false pretense. You need to understand that you cannot be accepted by God and not do what Jesus says. To be accepted by God means that you are obeying what he says. He makes the point very, very clearly that simply saying his name and saying that, it, that, that you have a relationship with him, they thought they had a relationship, is not enough. He said, those who say, Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say, they're not going to get in. Look around the world. Many people saying, Lord. Many people saying, God. They're not going to get in. A lot of people are trying to skip over Jesus and say that they are serving God. But this man, Jesus, well, you, you, you know, there seems to be a, a lot of controversy around him. I don't know if I can accept everything he did or, or that he was really God. I'd rather go straight to God. I don't think this Jesus is that important. Well, I want you to know something. He's going to be the one sitting on the judgment seat. He's going to be the one that's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, those who don't know me, or welcome into my kingdom. It's going to be him. So you've got to know that you've got to contend with Jesus. Jesus says of himself that, the, that at the judgment, the pretense of knowing him by saying his name will be exposed when it is revealed that they never accepted Jesus as Lord. When Brother Jerry said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You, you see, it's a matter of confession. It's a matter of accepting the Lord. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of what one, not only what one says, but how one lives. You cannot accept Jesus Christ as Savior and not have a changed lifestyle and behavior. You, you see... If Satan is ruling the throne, if he's the one sitting on the throne, and he has then been evicted, there's no way for you to stay the same. If you do stay the same, it is an indication that you're not saved. Let me let that sink in. Salvation means there's a change of heart. Salvation means I grieve over my sin. Saying, Lord, forgive me. Not like, oh, well, everybody sinned. Here and there, now and then, oh well. 
That's not the, that's not the heart of a person who's been changed. That's not a person who's saying, you know, God knows my heart. Yes, He knows your heart. He knows that He's not evidently not raining on it. And so this matter that one needs to understand that if Satan has been evicted and Christ steps in, it is impossible for you to stay the same. You can't. It does not mean you don't struggle. It does not mean you don't have difficulties. But it does mean that you are not going to stay the same. People give lip service, but they cling to their sins. can't cling to sin. You can't cling to unrighteousness. You can't cling because the Lord is saying there are no passes. When we stand before the judgment, you know the only thing that Christ is going to look for, God the Father is going to be evaluating, is if the blood is applied. If the blood is not applied, you will be standing there dripping with sin. It's like honey. Honey will just, you pour honey on it, it kind of drips kind of slow, just oozes. No, y'all don't pour honey on you, do you? Put in your cereal. But you see honey was poured out. But that's, just because, if you want to pour, you want an example, pour honey all over you. It just doesn't just run like water. It's just kind of real slow, sticky. Sin sticks to you. It, it, you see, it may seem sweet when you first taste of it, but sin will destroy you. You see, too much honey will make you sick. You can eat it, taste good, you know, but too much of it. But when we think about sin, see, sin has this, mat, this way of, 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 of tantalizing. It, it kind of, you know, says, oh, that, that, that's good. And it, and, it, and it lets you kind of think you're okay. And you know what? Before you know it, you will begin to rationalize and say, well, I'm okay with the Lord. You see, the more you begin to sin, the more comfortable you get with sin. You see, when I was growing up, I used to like throwing rocks at cars. But shh, no, let me back up. I used to like throwing rocks at trees. I didn't throw, Ronnie said moving trees, <laughs> I didn't throw rocks in moving cars, not me alone. <laughs> but I used to throw rocks. I throw, I threw rocks at, at cars. You know, I wasn't thinking about how dangerous that was. It was fun until somebody starts stopping and coming after you. You know, that changes things. But you see, we we enjoy doing something, but there's there's danger involved. You you see, when we sin, and when we do it our own way. We sometimes don't realize that down the road, even if we don't experience it right then, there are consequences to our sin. There's a price to pay. And God's grace and mercy helps us in that time to clean it up. You see, when we get to the judgment, it is not time as these individuals do and say, Lord, Lord, hey, it's me. No, it was your turn and time when you were on earth where you have the opportunity to get it right, not when you come before the Lord at the end of time and saying, Lord, I, I, I did all these things in your name and then trying to curry favor with him when you have not lived as he's told you to do. You said the right things. You called on his name, but there was not the lifestyle to match. Point number two, great words and great acts don't get you into the kingdom of God. Great words and great acts don't get you into the kingdom of God. In verse number 22, it says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, 
didn't we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? There are three outstanding things noted by Christ that some who have claimed to have a relationship will say to him on that day. Did we not prophesy? Didn't we not utter the words? Now, the word prophesy has normally two connotations or two meanings. It means to foretell, to foretell, and it means to foretell. When we talk about foretell, it was something that you can oftentimes think about the prophets in the Old Testament as an example. They would tell of things that were going to happen in the future, things that were going to take place. The Lord said, in the future or at this time, this is going to happen. These things are going to occur. Isaiah foretold the birth of Christ and the Lord told Abraham what he was going to do for him. He said, leave your country. And when we think about all the things, and we think about Elijah and Elisha, all the things that they said would happen were foretelling things that were going to take place at a different time. Then there's the word foretell, means that there's, that's when maybe like myself or a pastor or a preacher teaches or preaches the word of God. This is what the Lord says, or thus says the Lord. So when we think about prophecy, those that came to him said, Lord, we preached your word. We told about things that were going to come. That's one of the things. Our words, we said things from the word of God, and, and, and that should count for something. The second thing that's noted is that we drove out demons in your name. And that's got to count for something. Exorcisms. I tell you, some of them TV shows... Let me just say this. Some of those TV shows are scary. I've got a nice spirit in my house. I don't know if I wanted to go. Then they say, it seems to turn evil. I need someone to come in and try to exercise it to get it out. Ain't got these cameras and these people going in. I'm saying, how foolish. You guys don't know the Lord. Up here playing with them demonic spirits thinking that there's some pet, some friend. Demons are not your buddy. They are not your friend. When they say we drove out demons, the person that comes to mind, the person that comes to mind is Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, now this, this, is, this is kind of puzzles me. I, I don't claim to have the answers. Judas was, na- was named among the twelve, and he went out and was given authority over unclean spirits, just as the other disciples were. And the Lord gave them the authority to cast out unclean spirits. But there's no indication that Judas was saved. And so here's Judas. One of the twelve goes out. There are others. We think of Balaam, who was a false prophet. Y'all know Balaam, right? All the heads didn't shake. I'll say this, you might remember. Balaam, whose donkey spoke to him. That's what he's oftentimes known for of the story, but he was a false prophet. When we think about what they said is that, Lord, we drove out demons in your name. We performed these great acts. So you've got words that they say they spoke to group. Second, we did these great acts. And third, we performed miracles. Now when you think about a person who was doing these things, we would think, wow, what greater things could a person do? But the Lord does not give them credit 
for this. Do you not know your good works will not get you into heaven? Your good works, if they are separated from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, won't count. You see, this is what Jesus is saying. All the wonderful acts in the world, all the great things, all the ways that a person is saying, Lord, don't we have a great relationship? Look at all the things that I've done. It is as if they're at the judgment and they are arguing with Christ about what they've done. Why we should be accepted in. They are literally arguing with the Lord. The seven sons of Sceva, the sister Michelle read in 19. This wasn't the first time when they, in fact, if you read the story, I adjure you, I command you in the name of Jesus that that prophet uses to come out of that person. And that demon stopped. I know Paul. I know Jesus. Who, who are you? And the Bible says that demon jumped on the seven sons of Sceva and gave them such a thrashing that they ran out of the house bleeding and scantily clothed. That one man overpowered them. You don't see a demon doing that to Paul. But to false prophets, it is a dangerous thing. So when we look at the idea and this matter of miracles and, and people doing these things, these are the statements that they are presenting at the judgment of God. And say, Lord, we did these things. We should be let in. What's the, what are they saying? We should get into your kingdom because of what we've done. It is never because of what you've done that you get in. It's always because of what Christ has done. We should never forget it. If you ever think that, look at all the things that I'm doing. That should, own, that should, that should earn me some type of reward in heaven. Reward but not entry. Huh. You see, rewards are not devoid. They're not void of obedience. You see, you've got to be hired on a job before you get paid. You, you, you've got to be hired before you can say, I deserve a check. I told y'all this before. It was one Good Friday, not Good Friday, but um, watch night service we had here. And we would always go to Denny's. And so we went to Denny's. It was about, it was a number of us. And we show line all of us and some people from here. And we, and we went in, we're standing. You know, Denny's always crowded, excuse me, crowded on, on the uh, New Year's Eve. And so when we were in line, this person that was sitting people and taking people in, and we're waiting, said, your party, and okay, 15, 16, whatever it was, you guys can sit here if we all sat down. And, and so one of the people that's sitting next to us said, now who's this person? And the, and the person that came to wait on us said, I don't know that person. That person don't work here? He said, no, that person don't work here. <laughs> but that person was sitting, seating people, all this stuff, as if they worked there. They didn't work there. He said, I don't know who that is. That's how some people want to be with the Lord. Have not been in the Lord, but they want to be paid. When we think about Pharaoh's magicians who performed what was said to be some miracle, some of them, you know, magic and trickery. But when it came to a certain time, the Lord almost asked if he said enough. I'm not going to allow them any more of these phony things like the Lord was playing with and toying with them. They could do certain miracles, but when it got to a certain point, 
They said, uh, this is the finger of the Lord. This is the hand of God. And so when we look down through history, we see all these things. It does not mean a person is saved. Stop running after signs and wonders. Stop running after people that don't know the Lord. I don't care how big the name is. What do they teach? What do they believe? There are going to be a lot of surprises on that day. Point number three, and we'll soon be out. No relationship. No relationship. Verse 23 says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away or depart from me, you evildoers or workers of iniquity. Ultimately, what Jesus says is that there was never a relationship that we had. Do you not know it's all about relationship? Y'all know that? When the Lord says, I never knew you. In the Old Testament, knew would oftentimes refer to the, the union of a husband and a wife where a child was born. In other words, intimacy. In other words, when we think about that. But when the Lord is saying here, we didn't have a relationship to where I became your leader. I became your king. We were never in a relationship to where you served me. All the things that you are saying, all the things that you did, no relationship. You've been working under false pretense. While people live on earth, they have a chance now to get it right with God. But many people prefer pretense rather than being perfected by Jesus Christ. Why play charades with your life when Christ has come to die and to give you his life? No point in playing charades, acting out all these things. Get in Christ and live for him. Man, if I, if, if, if I was a sinner, man, I, I live it up big time. Going, if I'm going here, I'm going to go big. Why come tiptoeing around? No, I'm going big. All the fun I can have. Why play church? There are people today who think they're getting in because they put on an act. These words are ominous. So what is Christ saying? It's a change of heart. It's the Lord saying, can I be the Lord of your life? It doesn't mean a person doesn't blow it. It doesn't mean a person, but it means, God, I'm sorry. Let me change. Let, 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 me, let me repent. God, I hurt you, Lord. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that, Lord. Or I did. I'm, I'm, I'm repenting. But please don't come telling me that's just me. I don't change. <laughs> God knows. God take me as I am. Yeah, he does, and then he changes you. Stop resisting the change. Here he is trying to clean you up, and you hitting his hand away. Oh, no, don't touch that part of my life, Lord. Leave that part alone. I worked hard to get that part of my life. I don't want to give it up. Leave me alone. Oh, God, take this from me. I didn't know I was going to do all of this. If you are holding on to your sin and refusing to allow Christ to change and cleanse you, then his ominous words at the judgment will befall you. I never knew you. There is no reason to live under false pretense. No reason. It doesn't mean people don't struggle. It doesn't mean we don't have difficulties. It don't mean that, that, that sin doesn't run across your mind that way and run back across that way, run that way and run back that way. But don't sit there and say, wait a minute, let me catch that sin. I'm going to just ponder on that for a little bit. Hang out for a little bit. No. 
Let Christ change you. Here's something I am convinced of. When you want to do right, evil is present. When you want to do right and you want to change, here comes Satan. No, 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 no point going there. Don't, mm, mm, mm. No reason to change. We got a good thing going. We don't want to give this up. In fact, in fact, Satan makes it a little bit sweeter when you talk about changing. No. But when you turn to the Lord, Satan has to be evicted. And all the things that he starts throwing around you to bring you back, you always have to remember this. He's already defeated. But that does not mean he's not dangerous. I think some people... You know, think that Satan is some. I, I, just so we were down at this conference, and Pastor Paul said he's not no toothless lion. He's got teeth. Satan will bite you. You know, when we think about the enemy, we think about who he is. He is out to destroy you. He will give you what you want in order to take you further downstream. When Christ says. Depart, I never knew you. It is speaking about relationship. All of the activities in the world don't count if Christ's blood doesn't cover you and you're not serving him. Remember this. In judgment, you want grace and mercy to abound. You want the grace of the Lord to abound. If you find yourself making excuses, you need to stop and say, wait a minute. Even now, God, Lord, am I making excuses for this? L- l- let me take another look at this. A- am I making excuses when I should be doing this? Lord, Lord l- let me pause. You should always be evaluating your life. Lord, what do I need to do to get better? What do I need to do to serve you better? What, what do I need to do to, the Lord, to please you? Your, your aim and your desire should always be, God, you've been so good to me. What can I do to bring glory to your name? That's where you should be. Lord, how can I bless you? How can I show you my appreciation? Here, Lord, here's, a, here, here's something. I just want to give this to you. I just want to praise you. Lord, I'm just going to get up a little early just spend a little time with you just because you've been good to me. And then the Lord will look at that and say, look, look at my child. I'm going to do something special. They're not going to even know when. I'm just going to bless them. And here's Satan come along. Yeah, they're only serving you because of what you give to them. They don't really love you. But when you give honor and praise to the Lord because of who he is, you begin to serve and worship him because he's Lord of your life. You can hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You don't want to hear the words. I I never knew you. That person at Dennis, who's that? I don't know. Where'd he get that water from? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) help us stand to your feet please under false pretense we don't want to live under false pretense we want to live in the will of God today Lord we pray that we will be in Christ we look at Christ saying that we must be obedient to the Father. The works that we do must be because of Christ in our lives. 
Our work should never be offered as a means or a way of saying I should be accepted now, Lord, into your kingdom because of what I do. It is always because of what you have done, the blood of Christ applied to our lives. Those that are not saved, Lord, who have never accepted you in this place, we pray for conviction. We pray there will be a change of heart. We pray for those who are, all of us who struggle at times with sin or struggle with, Lord, difficult things and struggle and say, Lord, thank you for your grace to take us through. Whatever the enemy brings, Lord, would you put a guard around us? Pray that you will strengthen and guide us. For, Lord, we're, we're, we're working towards and looking forward to the time when the Lord calls us home to our reward which is with Christ. One day, one day will all be over down here. And forever we'll be able to be in the very presence of the Almighty God. We thank you right now. And we bless you. We thank you that you are a fair judge. And may grace and mercy, Lord, may it abound, abound, abound. We thank you for all that you're doing. And as we leave this place today, we pray for traveling mercy. Keep us safe. Keep us in your care. Pray for the families in this community and friends, Lord, regarding the situation. We pray today that you will be exalted. We give your name all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.